מרגישים קיץ באוויר. כבר עשרים שנה. מרגישים开始吧。没有时代。我们开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开始。开始开
usually we try to connect to the people that nobody in camp knows me anymore. So we try to connect to the people that were there through the decades. You know, while we're here, we, we do have listeners, uh, I'm sure loads of listeners. And uh, I know we have some listeners at home, a couple of your friends, I'm sure. Uh, oh, do you think I have a couple friends? I think so. <laughs> but I want to give a shout out to one person at camp who I know is listening. Rabbi, she listens every day. She's she's great. It's Tammy Shemesh. I just want to give her a oh, shout out. Oh, if you want to say, she's great. Oh. She keeps us on the up and up. And she corrects Ha'ivrichali. Ha- oh, she, okay. You know. So, Tammy. Oh, I have a picture. The last time I was in camp, I have a picture with her because, Mitch, you realize that there weren't any outsiders let in last summer. And the summer before, there wasn't anyone let into camp. I haven't been in camp since. 2019. And um, even if I don't go to camp, I want you to know after so many decades of being in camp, my car automatically turns on and starts driving to Wingdale on opening day of camp. I have to run after it and uh, and stop it because I need it for other things. As but well. does the radio go on 102.3 by itself? Um, probably, probably. Look, if I want good Israeli music, then I just go to the internet and listen to 102.3. Mea Ushtaim Nikudashalosh. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mea Ushtaim Nikudashalosh FM. Kol Ramah. Magishim Kayetz Ba'avir. So we're here with, with Rabbi Curlin. In a few minutes, his program is going to start officially Uh, maybe we'll put a little more music on and then we'll start the program is that okay sounds good now i have a request for you when my program starts is there any way in honor of one person that requested this from me when they found out we're going to do it that we can play the gazo's song do you know which one that is אמנם אני עוד לא מזיע, אבל איני מסתיר את שוקתי אל העונה ששמה קץ לקור ולכבודה עם עיפרון כתבתי שיר מזמור. We are on the air, you're listening to Gazoz, לכבוד הקיץ. We're here with Rabbi Curlin in the studio through the magic of Zoom. Stay tuned, just a couple of... Really, we're just about there. So in just a moment or two, we're going to start our show, Kibitzing with Curlin. מרגישים קיץ באוויר כבר עשרים שנה מרגישים קיץ באוויר כל רמה כל רמה מאה ושתיים שלוש מרגישים קיץ באוויר 
כל רמה, 102.3 FM. Kitting with Kurland, here on כל רמה, 102.3 FM. Well, if you hear that music, and you're on 102.3 FM, you know what that means. Rabbi Paul Kurland, welcome, welcome to כל רמה. Welcome to our professional כל רמה. You played my jingle. which I had nothing to do with choosing it, but it's become part of uh, the history of Ramah Berkshires. Um, I'm just curious if there's anyone in camp right now who's ever heard that jingle before, because there are thousands outside of camp over the last 18 years or so that's probably heard it. I believe we started about 18 years ago. Well, it might have been a little bit less. You know, we could look into that. I think the first... First year and Eve was here must have been around two two thousand six or two thousand seven I think oh no yeah does that um, make sense but and when did we start this I think a couple of years before but I but there was one summer in which you and I almost got kicked out of camp because of our children well yeah I, I do have a recollection of that I must say well, we better explain you know when all of a sudden my son was a counselor in Gesher, And your son was in that bunk and Gesher used to listen to our show at night. They would pick up the phone and they would call into our radio show or our night radio show. And they were, you know, you know, the maturity level of Gesher boys, correct? Well, I, I kind of remember. <laughs> and therefore they would share a few interesting thoughts with us that they were... They were enough not to get us kicked off the air, but close, you know, in terms of the, the kind of things that they would say to us. But I think we should dwell on the more positive things. So, Mitch, I've really missed doing um, Kibitzing with Carlin because it's been a while now. Um, and what I did is when I got very excited the last few days and realized that we might be back on the air, I started thinking of all the famous people that came on. And that were either visit us visited us in the studio or called in and we even had the scholar in residence one year sing Al Jolson's song um, during one of the shows we, we, we certainly did have that and and then, <laughs> and then I recall a call-in right a call-in from a very special person on that Al Jolson song was that you Oh, wasn't there a story with Bubby and Al Jolson? Am I, oh, yeah, well, no, no. Yeah. Am I conflating two different episodes? Yeah, I think she called in and she said, I have Al Jolson in my room. <laughs> yeah, meaning, that was it. Meaning, meaning she has some Al Jolson music. And we all said, you have Al Jolson in your <laughs> room? What a, but we've had, we've had people call from different states in the United States. We've had people call from Israel. Um, it really has been a, a, a delightful run that we've had for all four people that would listen to our show. <laughs> But I will say that year that Gesher was listening, we went we probably had about 80 people in camp listening. If you think about that, 10% of the entire camp with many other people, they were responsible for other things so they couldn't listen. But to have I don't how often do you have 80 people listening to any of the shows at one time yeah no that's that's a big thing now you know as it is we we get listeners a lot of it is through listening to the podcast and I can track how many people are listening online to uh, the podcast on SoundCloud call Rama Berkshires on SoundCloud and uh, or through our website callma.us so you know we end up getting. listeners but not necessarily all at one time people are tuning in afterwards at that at their convenience and uh, and really it, it's quite uh, amazing that we today have the technology to do this it's like you're sitting in the studio uh, and uh, and it's great great to be with you again I can remember there was one summer I was up in camp for about a month but we continued even when I left camp. And we used Skype back then. Skype. Once or twice. Now, 
I'm trying to turn it onto my phone so that we have at least one listener. <laughs> no, we have, have we have we we have about seven listeners at home on right. uh, you know all different people at home. So so I need you to tell me something. First of all, at this time of day, what's going on in camp? Is uh, uh, Bet awake yet? Yeah. I, well, I I I hear uh, Aleph, a lot of going on and I think their davening started at uh, uh you know the times drive me crazy I keep my watch on New York time camp is a different time I never know what's yeah, going on it always on. has been for so, those people that don't know um it's a tradition that goes back uh, 50 60 years with uh Ramah Berkshires that we would go on not on daylight savings time we would go on standard time um Partially because that meant that Shabbat would end a little after eight o'clock rather than ending after nine o'clock. And um, and it was also to tell the kids, don't think you're going to sleep. Oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm trying to think. No, don't go, think you're going to sleep too. You can get them early. to bed no, earlier because it's dark out. So it looks later. Oh yeah, you didn't want them to all that all that kind of stuff. The reality is that they're waking up earlier because if they're waking up at seven o'clock camp time, it's eight o'clock world time or whatever it might be. Anyway, this is not the exciting stuff that people take notes on. Um, I don't think they're really overly interested in that. But I'm thinking of other classic people that worked in camp, um, you know, a gazillion years. Well, you know Sarah who I was thinking of recently, High Campius. Oh. Hi was such a blessing to our camp, and um, and just it, it's just magical when in camp you have people that are working in camp that well back then in their seventies and then into their eighties um, because it really gives the spectrum of not just not just campers but but it's a complete family so to speak. And, of course, if you're going to mention hi, I want to mention somebody who's just a few years younger than him. Who am I thinking of? Well, Bubby. Uh, oh, we love Bubby. Your mom, um, Libby, Libby Curlin, she really uh, was a, a, such the a camp woman. Bubby. What a What a friend, the Camp Bubby. She was the Camp Bubby. So I want to tell you a little uh, story about my mom. First of all, can you believe that it was, her last summer was 12 years ago? Yeah, it, it's amazing well, how the time was. goes by. So um, the story goes like this, that I started working in camp in 1970, and by 1995, my mom came up to camp. And she would visit a few times over those first 25 years or so. And when she'd come up, oh, you're Paul's mom, right? She comes up, starts working in camp, and overnight, I have 25 years behind me. She's got like less than 25 days, and all of a sudden, oh, you're Bubby's son. <laughs> she became the more important Curlin by far. Um, now, every once in a while, there's some kid, maybe it's a college student, that comes to visit uh, a friend who's a member of my congregation. And I'll meet them on Shabbat, and it, it comes out that, that they went to Ramah Berkshire's. And I ask them what years they were there, and they tell me, and I said, oh, then you know my mommy. They said, who's your mommy? And I would turn to the congregant who wasn't at Ramah, I said, watch her face when I tell her who my mommy was. And, and she would, the, the congregant would turn, and I would say, my mom was Bubby. And you would see the, oh, you know, it, it's part of the history of the camp. Now, because we're talking 12 years, you know, many of the staff people didn't have that experience, but the older staff. Um, but I'm thinking of all the magical people that worked in camp for so many years, not just my mom, but uh, Ricky Gorman, ah. Sarah Stabe who's married and has a bunch of kids, not all running around the house, because I think her daughter is, is a little munchkin right now. Um, but it's, it's really exciting to see how many people have, uh, you know, have 
continued to grow their families. And after many years, there's people that come back to camp. There are people in camp right now that were there maybe 20 years ago, and now they're back with their children. And, you know, it's just a magical family. That's all I have to say. And I'm envious of you for just being in camp. There's something about breathing the air right next to the the lake or anywhere in camp that just feels great. That's true. That's true. There are some locations that are quite unique in in terms of breathing the air and but it, but it's absolutely true in the energy. I personally just feel so great and easier to walk around and energetic as soon as I get up here and and park in the shady lot and then walk up the hill it, it really is fantastic and you probably remember the radio station has a beautiful view of the lake the agam which i'm looking at right now so it is um it, it is quite a treat to be here of course some of us in terms of timing you know my kids were young when i started coming here very young and then you indicated that uh, your son was a counselor in Gesher, my son was a camper in Gesher, and now my children are all adults working and I'm coming to camp. So things kind of uh, went upside down there. So I'm actually getting a call on my phone from <laughs> Rabbi Matt Butterman in Ashkelon. So, in Jerusalem now. Oh, he's in Jerusalem now. Put him uh, near the microphone when he speaks. Yeah, I know. I've heard of Ashkelon, but Jerusalem, tell us something. What's Jerusalem? Have we ever, uh, have, that's where the Shalom Hartman Institute is. Oh, so you're, you're studying with a bunch of conservative rabbis at the Hartman Institute. Shh, 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 shh. Don't say it too loudly. I don't want to get into trouble. Can you hear, Mitch? And I, I don't know, uh, Rabbi, welcome. If you hear me, I hope you hear me. First of all, uh, wonderful... Mitch, uh, I heard you talking about the beautiful view of the Agam. It, it, so you, it, it is beautiful here, and I'm here. Rabbi, I'd like you to send regards. I, I have friends there at Hartman right now, Rabbi Linda and Rabbi Stephen Goodman. They're friends from New York. I'll, I'll see Linda at 5 o'clock. So please send regards. Tell them you are on the radio. And your face is on Zoom right now. Who? <laughs> Whatever that means. Well, it, it's great to see you. I'm so glad you joined us here. Thank you, Rabbi. Oh, this is great. Look at that smile. I, so you know, go ahead. Go ahead, Rabbi I Matt. Trust anybody who calls me a rabbi. There you go. So I want you to know he came. He came to. He came to. You weren't a rabbi then. No, no, no. No, that is interesting. That Matt brings that up. When I was a camper, I didn't know who the rabbis were because in 1960, in the 1960s, everything was like laid back, and everyone was known by their first name. The director of. Oh, am I allowed to say this, Palmer? Uh, the director Palmer was Ray Arts, and I only knew him as Ray, Ray Arts, not as Rabbi Arts. And which, by the way, he was the director in Campermont, Connecticut, so I was there as well. But yeah, you're right. And and in when when I when I was in camp as a rabbi, everyone would call me Rabbi Curland, and I wasn't used to that from my childhood. Not being called Rabbi Curland, I mean. Calling rabbis rabbi I at camp. The Berkshires when I was the rabbi, and no one called me rabbi. Nobody called you at all. That's right. So it just said, "Hey, you." Probably. Said, are you the one who does Grover? Or are you the one who does Kermit? Oh, there you go. So I actually brought Grover with me today. Wow. And Matt and I used to do a routine uh, for the kids. Uh, we would take a Sesame Street routine and we would uh, translate it into Hebrew. And Grover would go, Anipo ve'atasham. And then Kermit would say, uh, No, 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 Grover, Anipo ve'atasham. No, no, Anipo ve'atasham. No, 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 Grover, Anipo ve'atasham. And you have to understand, Mitch, that there were two people that absolutely loved that routine. Matt and myself. Oh, that I'm sure. I don't know if anyone else cared about it. I'm quite sure. But we certain. had a lot of fun. You know, every once in a while you do things just to entertain yourself. <laughs> that is so true. 
Good. But every once in a while, people will ask me, and Matt just brought it up. They'll say, oh, do you still do Kermit? And I said, I never did Kermit. That was Matt. Oh, his video paused, so we might have lost him. So uh -oh. him to, oh, there no, you no, are. No, 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 I'm still here. I'm still oh, there here. you are. And, um, and Matt, you've had people ask you about Grover, uh, right? We still do. And even though people come up to me and they say, oh, do your Elmo. And I'll say, I don't do Elmo. Elmo wasn't around when Sesame Street started. Elmo's a newcomer. He's only been around for decades, not for 50 years. So who knows? But Matt. So I want to mention that 50 years ago this summer, Paul was the senior counselor. I was the Madornik, the JC, in bunk B2. No, A1. 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 And it was, not a, it was not a steak sauce. This is true. Well, it's it's amazing. The summers were so ingrained. You remember which bunk number and everything. Uh, well, in a few street. more years, we won't be remembering. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Paul can tell you the names of every kid in the bunk too. Well, I'm on Facebook. And we're in touch. Well, first of all, the president of the camp was one of our I campers. Named I named Kite. Right. So. Um, yeah, Richie Friedman was uh, one of our campers. Richie was one of our campers, yeah. And there, there are a couple of them that we're, we're in touch with on a regular basis on Facebook, etc. Yeah, it shows how old we are because we use Facebook. And all the counselors don't use Facebook, I would assume, because they use the fancier stuff. So a lot of WhatsApp and Slack is being used up here. WhatsApp and I don't Slack. know. They try to find things that I've never heard of so that... We don't invade their territory, I guess. Whatever it might be. So, Matt, you got to go to class? Uh, in a little while. Just wanted to say hello. Wonderful. It's good to see you phone call with you, bunch of the ratings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's your picture on the screen. I'm going to put you up there, up right there in the middle of the Zoom. Okay, that's great. Well, listen. Why is your screen? This is radio, not the... Uh... Right, yeah, the, the microphone. Mitch and I have said for years we have we have perfect faces for radio. So that's that. Anyway, I'm wondering if anyone in camp, you know, there might be. <laughs> you put it this way: anyone in camp, write to your grandparents, and they probably know who Matt and I are. <laughs> Matt, isn't that sad? It's not their parents that know us; it's only their grandparents or their great grandparents. So. That's the history of camp. And Matt was Rosh Shorashim for a few years. So, oh, Saul Skolnick just sent me a message. I want to see what Saul, he was in our bunk. He was one of our campers. So let me see what Saul has to say. Saul said, you and Matt are sounding good. Love the Grover. So. Oh, oh so he doesn't like the Kermit? <laughs> well, he was writing to me. He'll write to you separately. I got it. So, should we say goodbye to Matt so we can get on to better things? I mean, uh, other things? Rabbi Futterman, thanks so much for joining I, us on Radio Korama. I just have a question. Uh, I called me before and he wanted to know where is Kibbutz Kurland? Kibbutz Kurland. Where is the Kibbutz? He's looking for the Kibbutz Kurland in it's right, right here on 102.3. That's where Kibbutz Curlin is. Yeah, that's uh, you got to you got to chuck a lot of uh, Mitch. Me, I'm still thinking about it. So I need to know Mitch's last name so I can tell the good when he says hi. So Saul Skolnick said, "Did Grover exist 50 years ago?" And the answer is yes. yes. First of all, absolutely. I, Although the first Muppet puppet, a Muppet puppet that I had was Cookie Monster. And when you were in my bunk, I only had a Cookie Monster uh, a puppet. Rabbi, you, oh, I'm sorry. If I, you look at a lot of, there's a, there's a Han Hala picture from 1977 that has become a classic Ramah picture. In the celebration of 60 years, it was in the special booklet that they put together, etc. And everyone has some kind of a stuffed animal or puppet. So Kermit 
and Grover are also in that picture, along with, um, let me see, who else? Oh, David Zissenwine and Benzie Kogan and um, Bert Cohen. Bert Cohen, who, uh, which, by the way, is interesting because Bert Cohen was the national director and he had to come in that summer to run the camp. And this summer we have the same situation in Berkshires where Amy Cooper is uh, in camp, running the camp, which is exciting for me and my family because my wife worked for Amy and Nyack for 16 summers. And we wish Amy all the best, but we know she's got great talents anyway. So we know that things are going to be wonderful in camp. I, I got to go to class. I'm going to say goodbye. Okay, we all have to go sometime. Okay, and and bye, you know, bye bye, bye bye, pleasure, bye. Rabbi. Bye. Bye. Well, that so, was nice. He won't hang up. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it, it was kind of cute. Matt and I have pictures through the decades of going to Yankee games together. In fact, when he lived in Chicago, I visited him a couple of times. We went to Yankee games against the White Sox. And it really is, you know, it's kind of cute. You know, first of all, it's unbelievable that it's been 50 years. Um, and for you, Mitch, it's unbelievable to think that you've been up in camp uh, bringing up all the equipment for 21 years. 21 years. 21 So years. now call Ramak can drink. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm sorry. That's I know the camp know. policy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but Cole Ramak is old enough at this point, which is cool. So. Uh, tell me, tell me about camp. That's what I want to learn about. Um, the weather's been beautiful, correct? Well, the weather's been great, and yes, yesterday was gorgeous, and I'll tell you, today just looks gorgeous. Uh, beautiful, sunny. It must be in the high seventies, going up a little bit. Dry, really a, a nice day. The kids are, uh, the younger kids had breakfast. The older kids are going to have breakfast. It's an hour earlier here, and um, uh, and and it's been great. Uh, summer has just been great. about the scheduling, which, in my opinion, is better than ever. The, a little uh, time has been put in for transitions from one class to the other. It's just a a smoother uh, scheduling, and you know when I started here, of course. I mean, the campers certainly, there were no cell phones like they are today. And when cell phones came, the counselors really weren't encouraged to use them. But as time went on, technology has been embraced. So, of course, the campers have restrictions on who can bring what uh, and generally aren't on the Internet, of course. But the counselors and the staff can are using their cell phones uh, for communication with services that I mentioned like Slack and WhatsApp, and we're able to get information together, and it's helpful for the scheduling. It really uh, is interesting how that's changed, and that's an improvement. Yeah, that is an improvement. When I first came to camp, we didn't have indoor plumbing. <laughs> so, um, but it, but the reality is that in the beginning, you're nervous about something and therefore, no, we can't do this. And gradually you realize that things evolve. And that makes all the sense in the world that you figure out how to use things to to enhance uh, the functioning of camp. And, you know, but it usually takes a while, yeah, you know, so step by step. Just remind our listeners, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Call Ramah, live. This is a live broadcast from Camp Ramah in the Berkshires. I'm kibitzing with Curland, here with Rabbi Paul Curland. So is there a possibility of people calling into the station still? Well, yes, or absolutely. And uh, Can I see if I remember the phone number? Yeah, go ahead. 845-832-6622. Yes, yes. Eight, and then it's extension still 128? Yes, yes. So give the number again if you want to call in and be on the air with Rabbi Curlin on Kol Ramah. Go ahead and give that uh, number again. It's 845-832-6622. 
extension Echad Shtayim Shmona, and so, we'll get um, you on the air. What's great is that Saul Skolnick, one of my uh, campers, is listening, which is great. Saul, if you wanted to call in, if you had a moment, you should consider uh, calling us. Um, he actually visited my synagogue a bunch of years ago, and it was delightful. Um, oh, so now I'm looking, and I told you that in California it was too early, but Benzi Kogan, who was a Roche Da in 1977, in that famous picture, um, is actually listening, even though it's about 628 in California right now. And so there's definitely a shout out uh, to Benzi, uh, which is absolutely wonderful. And um, and I'm just looking, you know, you, your phone, you always get these messages back and forth here and there. So, uh, but it's great that Benzi has a shout out. Benzi, if you're near the phone, you can give us a call also. And I was kind of hoping our good friend Howie Fiwis would be on. I have a, an important question for you, Mitch. One of the most depressing things about Ramah Berkshires, that doesn't, that's not a good intro, is it? Yeah. Is that I don't know if they're singing the classic Zimriya song anymore. I'll tell you, if uh, we have Zimriya coming up, uh, let me see, today is Tuesday. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Zimriya is coming up Machar tomorrow oh. in the uh, after dinner. Zimriya yep. tomorrow after dinner. Uh, if you had to take a guess, like I do not know exactly which songs are being uh, performed, but if you had to take a guess, you could say that it's not your classic Zimriya songs. This is not your 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 grandfather's Zimriya. They've really uh, updated it. The music is has always been great, but it's a lot of uh, new, different songs. And the good news is that after Zimriya, if you are interested in hearing the, what Zimriya is, of feeling the kinetic energy of the kids, you will be able to hear Zimriya in all its full glory. Where do you think that would be, that soundtrack? On callrama.us. So we will have it up there. So even if you can't be here in camp for Zimriya, you can hear all the songs that are done. So... Um, we may get a call from California today, but I want you to know that um, it used to be we'd psych kids up by teaching every Ada. Of course, the older kids already knew it. Shiru, 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 shiru. You're not going to hear that tomorrow. That doesn't, and that must be Benzie right now. Let's see. As we answer the phones, we'll see. Caller, you're on the air. Hi there. Uh, it's it's our good friend Benzie. Benzie, what time do you wake up in the morning? I wake up early. It's, yeah, uh, I can tell because yeah. by you it's six thirty right now. Correct, correct. I am an early riser, but it's so great to hear your voice, Paul, and it's so great to hear that Koramaz is still uh, up and running and functioning and reaching co- coast to coast. But what you need to understand, Benzie, is that when you were working in camp, it wasn't called Kol Ramah. It was called WCRB. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it, was, it wasn't an FM station. It was an AM station. And we had right. wires. It was, also, it, was also, it was also two people talking into cans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. We had a lot of string that would connect those little, you know, no, indeed, none of the indeed. kids would know what we're talking about, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to tell everyone that one of the exciting things about being a Ramah person is that you stay, wherever you travel, when you play Jewish geography, one of the questions is, were you connected to Ramah? But Benzie yep. and I will always be connected. And in fact, because we've always been connected, we met at Ramah Seminar in 1969, um, Benzi is actually to be our Shabbat guest in November at my synagogue. And hey, first was, promo, Paul, first promo. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, I want you to know my now former president, who's now programming uh, chair, uh, just showed me um, 
um, a little quick thing he's sending out, which I thought was delightfully done, uh, to ask people to save the date of a November 11th to 13th. And Great. by the way, anyone that, that happens to be in the Rockland area that wants to, uh, you know, come by, they're certainly invited for the Shabbat programming, etc. cetera. Um, but it's very exciting. I mean, first of all, Benzie is an East Coaster, even though he's been out in the West Coast for how long now? 60, 70 years? Uh, just about 40 years. For only 40 years. But you yep. know full well, it doesn't matter if you've been in California for 40 years you still have New York blood in you, correct? My, uh, my, my, my blood still runs pinstripes for the Yankees. There you go. Oh, so am I allowed to tell you this? Another Ramah connection. One of my yeah. counselors when I was a Roche Da, Howie Fiwis, who wrote yeah. the best version of Shiru Shira Zimriah, because he didn't know the Hebrew, um, and Mitch remembers that, Howie and I are going to the Yankee game tonight against the Reds. All right. They better do better than they did the last two games against the Red Sox. But uh, this is not our sports report, so I can't spend all the time. But Howie hasn't been to a game in a few years because of COVID. But his son-in-law is up from Maryland and supposedly getting us into some fancy uh, uh, location in the stadium um, because of his company. He's a lawyer, so that should be interesting. So... Who knows? Uh, but let's move on because not everyone in camp is a Yankee fan. There's at least four people that aren't. <laughs> so, and um, you can hear Mitch, I'm going to tell Mitch, you can hear Mitch that Benzie has a great radio voice. I know, yeah. We got to get you on more. Benzie often. has that resonance in his voice, you know, that he would be great on the radio. And, um, <laughs> and anything he has to say is always engaging stuff anyway. So. You can call in any time. We'll, we'll be Well, that's to beautiful. Thank call. you so much for that. I got to get, get on with my day. I have a Peloton ride to do. And, uh, well, I'll see you soon. <laughs> be well, and we will def- and we'll be in touch soon also. Excellent. Thanks. All right. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. So I want everyone to know that when I would be up at camp, I got to schmooze with Mitch and got to find out what's going on in his life and how his kids are, et cetera. And uh, we haven't had that conversation, but Mitch's kids were all in camp as campers, as were all my kids. Um, If we added up all of the years that our family members were in camp, it's delightful to do that. There's so many families that have probably, you know, if not, if not 25, maybe 50, maybe even 100 years that they can add up together. For me personally, I throw in about about uh, 40 years, and my mother threw in about 16 years, and it depends which Ramah you're talking about. If you lump them all together, um, you know, it really gets up there, which is exciting. So, Mitch, you have how's your son in Israel doing? You know, he's great. My son in Israel, Ben, and he was here and uh, for, for many years, and at seminar here and was on staff here at some point. He's he's a psychologist at uh, Hadassah, and he uh, when he made Aliyah, finished the army, became a psychologist. Is finishing up his PhD paperwork uh, from the University of Haifa. He's in Yerushalayim. He's really fantastic. And then and then I have two other my other sons who were. Uh, also here, one's out in L.A. in the music industry. Which and, my son Eitan says he's done a lot of impressive stuff. Yeah. He's, I don't know how uh, Eitan knows that, but... Uh, well, you know, the, the kids know what's going on with each other. Right. A lot of social media stuff. Uh, I, maybe Eitan can give me a call and tell him what he's doing. So another... another oh, yeah, I know that is. But maybe you can find out what my kids are doing. Um, but I know that when I was in Israel and Sariel Moshe... That was oh, yeah. Moshe and Mara's son got oh, married. Jerry and I went to the wedding. That's nice. And who officiated? Ben oh, officiated right. at the wedding. I forgot that. Amazing. I didn't mention he, uh, during his, yes, he has smicha. Yes, he received smicha there uh, in Israel from Rabbi Landis. Who, and uh, 
Yeah. And those people, I mean, look, I'm name dropping people through the years, but Mara worked in camp for so many years and her husband, Moshe, whose really name, real name is Yosef. And we always get that Moshe. confused, Moshe, Yosef, Yosef. He goes Moshe. by Moshe all the time. He would teach rocketry in camp. Yes, yes. And, and that was always very exciting. And when I was Rosh Mumchim, I remember I would have to drive him to one of these, you know, stores to pick up the balsa wood and other type of things like that. And it was always delightful going with him. Um, but the other the other connection is that the sad thing is um, about I don't even remember if it's a year and a half ago, two years ago, Mara's mom died mm. and they and they were from Rockland County. So they called me up and asked me if I would officiate at the funeral. And it was meaningful for me to be able to be there for somebody I've known for so many decades. And um, and also the crazy thing about every funeral is that sometimes you show up at a funeral and there's, it, it sounds strange, but there's the joy of seeing people that you're happy to see. You're not happy about the circumstances that are going on around you but the reconnecting with, with important people. But it was powerful and it was meaningful to be there for the family. And, um, and I was grateful. And Jerry and I have, spend, have spent seders with them in Maled Dumim uh, a few times. And Jerry may be fantasizing. Maybe Jerry will do it next Pesach. I'll have to get permission from my synagogue. But if I don't get permission, Jerry will go without me and spend Pesach with the Moshe's. Um, for for next year for fifty seven eighty three, um, but but we like dropping all those names. We like all those things, you know. And and oh, another thing, I might as well stay on the theme of of funerals. I did a funeral about a month ago, and guess who one of the dear friends of the uh, daughter was, Bonnie, bantering oh. with Bonnie, Bonnie, and all of a sudden she's there. And I didn't know there's an older woman there. It turned out that it was Bonnie's mother. Wow. And it was a very informal setting because it wasn't a large crowd. And I made some comment um, um, about how impressed I was with the person that could use technology. And that woman said, you sound like an ageist. <laughs> you know. And, and I realized the person heckling me was, Bonnie's mother. <laughs> so those of you that know a little bit of history, when we were in camp and there was one show kibbutzing with Curlin and there was one show bantering with Bonnie, <clears throat> we would all annoy each other in our shows. So um, it became a fun competition, so to speak. So when I realized that the person that heckled me was her mother, I realized where Bonnie got her uh, her talents from so uh, that was for you mitch nobody else cares I, uh, about that story that's true that's true you know we could now that we know how to do this and set it up uh properly uh we could maybe one day do this with bonnie you know she could join us and zoom in oh we uh, should definitely do that uh, and we should see if we can get sarah stave to come oh. on because because with zoom we can have a bunch of people on on the call and i mean look if eliezer diamond was around we haven't had anyone sing al jolson no, in 20 years haven't really haven't had that many people calling in for that yeah yeah i would guess every year there's less than 200 people that request a jolson song <laughs> uh, probably 200 less than 200 so who knows so uh, i Again, I'm envious of um, you getting to hang out in camp. Um, it just, if it's summertime, it just doesn't feel right unless I have a taste of, of Ramah Berkshire's. You know, and before before we forget, I just want to do a couple of things. First of all, I want to just give a couple of shout-outs. One, of course, to our good, good friend, Yaniv Morozovsky, who mm. has breathe the life into this station and has allowed us to set this up and manages our social media and and the and the streaming all from Israel and he 
loads us up with um, songs and programs our software, even though he's not here this year. Bishah uh, Tovaz, he's expecting uh, a, a baby, and he has two beautiful daughters at home, so he's a little tied up. Although, really, we needed him. I mean, I'm not sure how much his wife needed him, even though she's going to have a baby soon. We needed him here. But okay, okay, he's helping us, and he's great. And a shout-out, we have two great radio staff here, Amy Erlanger, who was with us from last year. I just want to give her a shout-out. And Benji uh, Goldstein from London. You know, uh, Paul, I just want to say, our radio counselors are veterans, Amy uh, broke her teeth at WFDU and Fairleigh Dickinson University, oh, yeah. and Benji <clears throat> was on the air at the University of Leeds in London. And, and no, wow. not in London, in Leeds. So I just want to, you know, I'm just kind of showing off a little bit that we have, uh, you know, we have experienced uh, personnel here. Do you know the only experience I had before you guys had me come on for Kibitzing with Curland is that I had friends in the uh, TVR, television radio uh, majors at Ithaca College back in the early 70s. Oh, there you go. Okay. And through Hillel, I was asked to do a program with the uh, Cornell Hillel would work with Ithaca College as well. And I was asked to be one of the readers in a show over at the Cornell. Um, I think it was the Cornell Studios. Maybe it was the Ithaca Studios. But that was about it. I was the voice to do certain readings, and I was asked to have that radio voice. But, uh, you, you know, I also want to, you, you had mentioned earlier a special program you, that's coming up in your shul, and you gave a very gracious invitation to, for anyone who will be in the Ronklin County area. Why don't you really give a, a real good promo, tell us your shul, where you, you know, because I know you've had some wonderful changes, and, and I know things are kind of uh, happening over there. Yeah, you know, um, the reality is that um, there are a lot of consolidations that are taking place um, around the country. And um, two wonderful con uh, conservative congregations in Rockland County came together. Nanuit Hebrew Center started in 1939, even though they were incorporated in 1941. And Montebello Jewish Center was actually a merger about 20 years ago of Congregation Sons of Israel of Suffern and Pomona Jewish Center. And I will tell you that there were Romanics from each of those congregations over the decades. And um, Montebello and Nanuet um, decided that it was time to blend our congregations which is as absolutely been wonderful, but it's a challenge during the pandemic because there are a lot less social interactions that take place, even though it's opening up more and more and more as camp changes every summer. Um, and it's open more this summer than it was last summer, et cetera. And um, so the first year, we just, we just celebrated our first anniversary as Congregation Shir Shalom. Um, and uh, so we're working very hard on having more programming. And one of the things is we wanted to bring a Shabbat guest. In some congregations, you call it scholar in residence, but Shabbat guest is, in a, is, a, uh, is a term that Benzie Kogan actually used. And we thought it was kind of delightful and, and fun. And he'll be coming out that um, Veterans Day weekend and um, and enhancing our, you know, Friday night, we'll have dinner as well. And in Zmirot, of course, et cetera, which we haven't really had a Shabbat dinner during the pandemic as a congregation. And you know full well when congregations do that, it just adds an extra dimension to that Shabbat experience, especially for congregants who may not, uh, ha who may never have had that at home, but sometimes it inspires them to bring it home afterwards. And in the morning, he'll do some of the davening because you could hear he's got a very special voice, um, probably along with our cantor. And um, and there are different topics that we're choosing along with him. We don't have the exact topics yet, but having been a master educator for many years, um, he has a spectrum of 
of topics. Now I got to see who's sending me a message right now. Oh, um, I got a message from one of my colleagues in town. He's not listening, but it was another message. He was thanking me for something. Um, but yeah, I don't want to brag about one particular synagogue. I just think that there's so many absolutely wonderful synagogues. I know in the Ramah world um, that so many synagogues that feed uh, families to Ramah, etc. Um, there are such great places that we really encourage people to connect to and to find out what's going on. And to quote one of my mentors, who's now retired, Rabbi Alan Silverstein, who had been in Caldwell, New Jersey, um, he says, you, you, if you bring them in once or twice, even though, even though they weren't really looking for that in their lives, they might realize that, you know, that was really wonderful. Let's do it a little bit more. And he said he always, like when I worked for him, not in Caldwell, before he went to Caldwell, he always said that you have to do, you have to do programmatics that you, you look at people a few years later and they said, I can't believe that this part of Judaism is such an important part of my life because I wasn't even looking for it. Meaning to have the experience is what turns you on, not by reading about it in a book or hearing from somebody else, but it's actually being there. I'm just going to share one little story. When I taught at our local day school, which hasn't been around for a number of years, it was called Reuben Gittleman Hebrew Day School. It was an absolutely wonderful school. And uh, when I taught there, I would teach a little Talmud in seventh and eighth grade. And I would ask the seventh graders, how many of you, when your family first came to this school, um, had a sukkah? And there'd be one or two hands that would go up and say, well, how many of your families now have a sukkah? And there'd be, you know, five times as many hands that went up. And why, why do all those families start building a sukkah? Because they experienced it in other families' homes not just in their rabbi's home, in their cantor's home, in the educator's home, but they saw, as I like to put it, real people that built a sukkah and that's what inspired them. So I do encourage people to, as I quote the uh, radio station, uh, 1010 Wins, I don't know if they still use this, but you give us 22 Shabbases and we'll give you the world to come. <laughs> so... <laughs> As as we're uh, as we're coming to the top of the hour, uh, and we're going to uh, at some point wind down this wonderful show and go back to our music programming, and and we have kids coming in. It's going to be a great day, so keep listening to one hundred two point three Kol Rama. Uh, but you you mentioned the importance of the synagogue. I want to give a quick shout out to my synagogue, Town and Village Synagogue in Manhattan. The uh, the the two years, the the, uh, the last two and a half years since uh, March twentieth, uh, March twenty twenty, the, the whole COVID thing, have been quite a challenge. And I know in our synagogue, and I'm sure yours too, it's amazing how the leadership, the clergy figured out over time really how to embrace Zoom and so many of our minyanim, especially during the height of the uh, situation, were able to continue through Zoom. And even, and now, thank God, we have people in the synagogue and we have minions in the synagogue and people still coming in on Zoom. That that's a genie that's going to be hard to put back in the bottle. The Zoom participation. There's something so compelling and convenient, and all of a sudden people are coming into your minion, tower minion, who who are in California or who used to be yeah. there, but are God knows where uh, now. What what do you think about that? How did you handle that in your synagogue? I th- you know what it, it, um, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And there's a certain amount of concern. How do we connect people? And and you're actually leading into something I wanted to talk about. Um, When we did finally start Zoom, which wasn't right away because none of us knew how to use Zoom yet and we didn't have an account. um, One of the things we realized while it was second best to being in-house, there were actually elements of Zoom 
that were even greater quality than being in-house. I'll, I'll tell you what it is. You can walk into our minion room for an evening minion. And you come, you dive, and you leave. And maybe you didn't even notice all the other people in the room. I mean, there might have only been a dozen people. But somehow you sit in your seat and you're not facing other other people. When you come on Zoom, all the faces are in front of you. And and our Zoom minion at night has become a little club. There are those that come on 10 minutes early and the schmoozing and the and what's going on. And one got a dog a year and a half ago and we watched the dog growing, you know, on Zoom. And then between Mincha and Mari, there's a little bit of a break. And then there's people that decide to be silly and they'll put different names on for their names at the bottom of the screen. You know, so um, there, there's we have two people that do that all the time who are hysterical. So it's almost like an evening show as well. Um, but the davening also um, is is quite powerful. There are people that never would come out for the evening minion in house. Maybe they didn't drive after dark. That might have been one of the issues, which isn't an issue this time of year. Um, but all of a sudden they had a connection. And then the when you would teach older people who didn't get out so easily. Now they had human contact, two-dimensional, not three-dimensional, but it was better than whatever. In the beginning, we had to limit, when we came back into synagogue for Shabbat morning, we limited the numbers and gradually the numbers grew. Then you could take off masks or you would, or, or you, it was, it was optional, whatever it might be. I want you to know early on, my congregation voted that even well after the pandemic, they wanted me to continue to wear a mask because they thought I looked better <laughs> with the mask. But here's the big thing. My, I, as my background from Ramah, that's what turned me into an educator. Um, and then I got my master's in Jewish education years before I went to rabbinical school. Um, I realized that what are we going to do for the kids? We're all of a sudden, we're not in-house. We're trying to Zoom Hebrew school, which was not anywhere close to being in-house. Um, my wife and I put together a Tat Shabbat uh, Friday afternoons that could be watched at, on my Facebook page. And um, we noticed, we changed the name, not from Tat Shabbat, but to Pre-Shabbat. It was Mora Jerry and Friends pre-Shabbat fun for all ages because we were at a wedding and everyone was coming up to Jerry and said, oh my God, we love you. These are the adults. And then they asked, who are all those people that do all the puppets? And the funny thing is I'm the one doing the puppets, including this guy here, of course, that we talked about before. I mean, I'm, those that are only listening on, on Zoom I have the Grover puppet. So Grover would be there. You know, he's wearing a kippah, by the way, right now. And and he'd be learning from Maura, Jerry, my wife, um, et cetera. And I really enjoy the Tachabats a lot because I got to be the star of the show. You're not the only one that's the star of the show. Yeah, but I'm the most important star of the show. I don't know if everyone would agree with you. All right. Let me let me get the other guy. So then I have this other guy here, and this is a voice I've been doing up for a thousand years ever since I was a kid. It was probably came from our Passover Seders. But this guy is, this guy's name is Toisty. Toisty. Because he would always walk around going, boy, am I Toisty. <laughs> boy, am I Toisty. Oh, is that Mitch? Hi, Mitch. How are you doing? All right. He's from the Bronx. <laughs> Not from from over the ocean, you know. Hudson you know River. the old country. <laughs> yeah, people talk funny. They don't talk like me. That's for sure. You know when I say people, they don't know what I'm talking about, and all that kind. So anyway, so I visit my brother in Connecticut, and he decides to give me another puppet, and we get into the car driving home, and Jerry says. How can you come up with another voice? I said, I have no idea. And all the way home, she had to listen to me try out all these other voices. But we do, we do Grover, we do Toysi, then we have Sippy talks like this. And Sippy's brother is Kreplach. My brother is Kreplach. 
and Kreplach talks like this. And I say, I mean, I'm not Frank Oz from the Muppets. I can't do all those voices. But um, all of a sudden, I had to come up with a new one for Asher. And Asher's voice is, oh, okay, hi, you know, whatever it might be. And if I realized that I actually had a talent in life, I could have made something of myself rather than just could becoming have been a, a contender. Could have been a voiceover artist. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we could believe- hire you at Coleman next year. You know, you always, you always need voiceovers. So listen, we're we're coming up uh, to, to the top of the hour. To the end, and I we're gonna. I want to thank you so much. This was great. I'm so glad you reached out to me, and we uh, we did this. What a great, great idea, and. Um, if people want to see the the work you're doing with the puppets for the kids, is there a way they could like uh, so see this? So if you go to my Facebook page, it's just Paul Curland. Um, you can look at, at I mean, in the beginning, the beginning of the pandemic, we were doing it every single Friday. And, um, and then gradually we decided to do it twice a month. And now during the year, we do it twice a month, but in the summer, we do it once a month. But you can see earlier episodes by checking it. You know, if you want to scan back in my Facebook page to different Fridays, you'll probably find it. Or is there a way of looking on my Facebook page for videos? And you might find it that way. But there's some episodes that have been delightful. The beginning of the pandemic, there were over a thousand views. Um, And of course, when people didn't need as much now we usually get a, a few hundred views sometimes we might get up to 400 500 but and by the way a view on facebook doesn't mean that people sat through the whole episode i don't know maybe they turned it on for for 10 minutes and said what's this garbage and they shut it off but i got a view listed on my uh, facebook page but there's one that had over 1400 views um etc rabbi curlin thank you so much this has just been delightful this will be this is aired live and then we will have it up on uh callramad.us i'm going to i'm going to uh play the jingle again well we're definitely going to play the jingle i thought we would first play a little gazoz lichvoda kayets and then we're going to play the jingle right lichvoda kayets in honor of the summer okay thank you rabbi this was great thank you all right be well be well and i can't wait to see you in person one of these days yes לכבוד הקיץ שהגיע, כתבתי שיר, אמנם אני עוד לא מזיע, אבל איני מסתיר, את שוקתי אל העונה, ששמה קץ לקור, ולכבודה עם עיפרון, כתבתי שיר